What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It, your movie podcast for reboots, remakes, sequels, adaptations, and asking why do we keep telling and retelling the same story over and over again, seemingly forever. As always, I am your host, Blake Schultz, and with me is Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And we are here today to talk about Scream 6, a movie that makes it even more annoying that Scream 2021 is not called Scream 5. Uh, something that I knew would happen and was annoyed about from day one and will probably be annoyed about for the rest of this franchise. Uh, a franchise I love. I think the sixth movie has solidified this as, if not my favorite, at least the most reliable of the slasher franchises we have. Second only to maybe the Leprechaun films, which I think we can all agree are always flawless. <laughs> um they're not, but they're great to watch. They're fun to watch. Uh, so yeah, we're going to get into a little bit of what we thought about the movie, what they're doing different that they're, you know, haven't seen before. What are we sort of repeating or retreading? And if there's any reason to tell the story now, or if we're just churning them out as a satire of horror, I feel like we've had less horror films in between five and six. Although I think two and three were maybe... A year back to back, if I if memory serves. One and one and two are one and two on are top of each, they're on top of each other. Uh, yeah, and then this one is this one's the same. Although that one, it's funny. The one and two are on top of each other, and those are more rapid. This one are on top of each other. A lot of it because Scream One was kind of in the can a bit, and then they were writing the other one, so they kind of they are overlapped because the pandemic sort of forced them to be. That's true. I do forget. I still forget that. These should have been, you know, whatever their original dates were. Who even yeah. remembers anymore? But uh, what did you think, Terrence? Uh, so it's interesting because I I also agree, I agree. This is a series that I don't think has a bad film. There are some that I like more than the others, but I think all of them are actually quality, really quality films. That being said, Scream, Scream 5 <laughs> um, should be a 5 on there. Scream 5 is the one that I... I I had a hard time getting behind Samantha, our lead character in that. There was just something about it that just I wasn't jiving with her on. And so I wasn't kind of looking forward to going into this too much. The trailers looked like they're going to be awesome. But I was like, ah, I'm not sure if I'm fully behind the, the new kids as much as I, I want to be. Um, that has all been fixed in this movie. I now do care a lot about Samantha. Some of it is because they've given her this onus of the world has turned against her. So she's become a, li- a lot bit more, uh, a lot more sympathetic. And thus I, as a viewer, have become sympathetic towards her. And so now I see her in a different way. Uh, and also, I mean, it doesn't help that Jenny Ortega right now, her sister in this is as a super, like a supernova star flying. So they kind of attached the two characters that have made this a series to watch. And I thoroughly enjoyed this movie from top to bottom, from start to finish. That opening scene of this, uh, as we know, we sort of all rank the opening scenes before the title cards of all the screens. This is in my top two or three. Like, it's it's up there. Uh, and it is brutal and violent. Um, and it does, yes, it borrows some things. It uh, sort of feels a little bit like this is this trilogy's Scream 2. It feels a lot of borrows. Which, I mean, it that. literally is. So yeah. that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, but I don't hold, I know a lot of people will say otherwise, but I don't hold Scream 2 that high um, overall because I felt like it was, was rushed. I feel like I can see that script was a little bit rushed, where this one, I take some of the things that Scream 2 did, and for me, does them better. Um, and I think using them in a different locale, putting in New York, although I think they could have used a little bit more of the city, uh, 
it feels like, oh crap, anybody, it could be anybody. This is, could be, you could happen it anywhere on a bus. Some of these sequences that we've seen in the, on, on the, uh, in the commercials with the subway, that's terrifying. Cause you, you don't know who everybody, it's Halloween on <laughs> in New York and everybody has a ghost face mask on. That is frightening. And they, they, they have tense moments that I don't think we've had in these films in quite some time where I feel like I'm just on the edge of my seat. And I think it nailed it. And I had a, a, one of the best experiences that I had with one of these screens in a theater in a very long time. I completely agree. I was with you start to finish. I thought we did a great job with that intro, with Samara Weaving, uh, very unique and different and exciting and sort of, there were a lot of things before we went that I was putting together my roommate where I was like, oh, I hope we do something fun where like there's a ghost face, but then we almost do like a soft three where it's like, you're not doing this right. They were an innocent person. And when you get to that phone call of, but she was innocent, why would you even kill her? Did you feel like meat now? I was like, oh, this is what I want. Mm -hmm. I almost wanted that to be the whole the movie. movie. Yeah. I was really a part of me at first was like, it's going to be Hayden Panettiere. There's going to be all these copycats and she's now at the FBI finding the copycats and doing a like, no, like she's going to be some like weird vigilante ghost face. But right. that goes very left of what the franchise usually is, which is, in my opinion, the past coming it's back and trauma yeah. coming back and Correct. it never really resolving unless you change the pattern, which no one seems to do, <laughs> except for Sydney, who is out of Dodge. So and I was... I was so bummed she's not in the movie. It's amazing how well they do without her. And I sort of, when Gail is like, yeah, let Sydney have her happy ending. I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, actually, you know what? Yeah. yeah, let's do that. I don't, it, I'm it tired of being of, worried about her. Let's, it was one of the few times where I was like, uh, we, I went in like, oh, this is going to suck to not have Sydney. And then Gail does the line. I was like, yeah, Sydney took her kids and got the hell out of Dodge. I'm like, you know what? She's earned that. Yeah, that's fine. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know what? We've already, she's been, see, she's seen ghosts in three, which we're doing in these ones. We're, yeah. we're good. We don't need yeah. any more. Um, yeah, loved the intro. I did call major spoilers. I did call the killer immediately. And it's some old, like, it's some old film school bullshit where, like, right when we hear his voice, there's an image of the mask. And I looked at my roommate Zayn. I was like, that's going to be it. The first day we hear his voice, we see the mask. And he was like, that's, you can't be right. <laughs> I was like, nope, those stupid things you learned sometimes are correct. I think if people, and I, I'm, I'm hoping if you, you're listening to this, you have seen it, but I think if people sort of follow, I, I, the one of the killers I had immediately, and it's the same one that you have, because I was, I was sitting there like when they show the shrine and they mention that, Hey, the, the only way that you get, this is all stuff from evidence. I'm like, well, there's only one person who would have access to the, uh, an evidence locker like this. It's, it's the cop. <laughs> so it was kind of one of those ones, like that part I got. Now, the other ones I was not as as aware of, specifically one, because they do a complete shift and you like, I don't see that one coming because I thought they were dead. Um, which I also, smart play. which we do in Scream 1 with Stu, but mm -hmm. it's much, much quicker. It's a lot more of like, we see him get stabbed. It's corn syrup. This was half of the movie we go without her. Right. And as you, opposed to five minutes. And you feel like it's pretty evident because of the way that that sequence in that apartment takes place. You're like, oh yeah, she she's gone. Like <laughs> they set it up so well. I was like, oh, that's a pretty that's a pretty smart play on that. I also love because uh, I know it's sort of a cheap chick tactic that got used in Scream Three, but they use it. They don't overuse it here. The voice recorder now 
goes you now have the one that goes back to like i can play as different voices which is kind of a cool thing they just put it back in there they put it back in play but they don't hit it like oh this is this we're going to use this the whole time and i was like yes it's still around yeah that there's yeah they pulled back a lot of those things i loved the countdowns with the mask although i don't like that then at the very end they're like three two one i'm like no 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 we need out. more we gotta yeah. get some more deaths in here sprinkle some come on now yeah uh um, and you're right we made all these characters way better i love the the siblings i love jenna ortega i love all of them are just fantastic and now we have four. our core four i was very <laughs> much like awesome yeah now you better not like now I'm like okay kill one of these core four it's going to hurt a lot more well especially now that we showed off we just didn't we like, we do eat two of them where mm. at the end it's like oh no they're fine and you're like okay oh, right we shish kebab them and then because because the 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 sip the brother of the uh cuba gooding sons his character gets stabbed to holy and it's one of, the, one of the coolest scenes i've seen in a, a long time in screen because when they both stand up and wipe off the blade i'm like well shit that's your money shot right oh yeah that was awesome and they both got up i was like man that's worth the ticket price right oh, there man. just yeah. holy hell <laughs> um so it is interesting because we do a lot of like new stuff that way. Like even the three killers is pretty new. Mm -hmm. This whole like very strange, I guess the the father's revenge is very Billy Loomis's mom. It is. It's very um, so we do hit a lot of the beats in Scream 2. We're in even college. The car sequence, like outside of the, in the grassy knoll, if you will. And they bring it up. He's like, well, this is how our uncle died. I'm like, uh, daylight in a van. Out. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I enjoyed all of that. So it's it's funny seeing them kind of hit those beats and it really makes you think of what they're going to do for Scream 7 if we're going to be like, because there wasn't a stab movie this time. Right. So a small part of me was like, oh, well, we're going to be rebooting Stab in 7. Yeah. And it's, it's... it'll probably be the finale of the Stab franchise and that'll be our... Because it's a weird thing. It subverts some things. It's like, yeah, we were in the grassy knoll and we did the whole the grass stuff and the trim. But then we were like, cool, that's not where this scene takes place. We're not killing anybody there. Dale's in trouble. I'm like, oh, cool. Switch that scene. This is where it is. So we're like, we're bringing you the breadcrumbs of what we used to do, but we're doing our own thing. Um, same way with the fathers. Like, yeah, it's the parent, but there's more to it. There's the siblings are as well, are, are part of this as well. So it's always like, all right, we're going to one-up it. We're going to one-up it. And that's why some of these things feel... This is a violent, like this is a brutally violent film, which I don't think we've had that intensive of a, of a, of a film. No, it's more violent slasher than satire, but I think what they do really well to kind of your point of we're doing the stuff from the old Scream 2, but bigger, this one, you know, Scream 1 obviously was originally called Scary Movie. It was a, the full satire. Wes Craven's going to deconstruct and yada, yada, yada. Two is sequels, three is trilogies, four was reboots, five, five is requels. This becomes just franchise world and world building. Yeah. So it is interesting because we do get that breakdown of the franchise of, oh, well, like we're going to do a lot of what we did before, but crank up the violence. Mm -hmm. Legacy characters aren't safe. Everyone can be a killer. And so it does go along with that. They are it still does. playing in their rules in that way. They don't ever really hit the like silly beats as much, but I think that's also what happens when you don't have Stu Mocker or, or some Dewey of the, or Dewey of... or like 
even Scream 2 and Scream 3 especially have like full on comedic moments. They, like, they try to take moments like they they give our sister sibling and Kirby a moment to sort of have their like, oh yeah, these were the horror nerds. So they kind of read off like horror movie franchise together. And, and it becomes like, oh, yeah. a lot more tongue in cheek, which right. I do enjoy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think we're as this franchise goes, we're getting further away from like the fun, funny satire to just like we're gonna really do this. Yeah. Uh, and I'm here for it. Although a part of it. me is like, let's get if we do seven, let's spoof the, fin- the horror finales because that's what we've been getting a lot of now with Halloween ends and the last Texas Chainsaw and we seem to be doing even franchise wise we're doing a lot of like wrap it up past the torch so I think bring somebody that's mentions like oh we gotta go to sp- we gotta go to space like we'll let this go I would space. also <laughs> love if that became a joke of like well how are we gonna what are we gonna spray paint ghost face on a on a shuttle now guys <laughs> like that would be a lot of fun if in the next one they're just full on what yeah. I'm not enjoying is where Randall used to be unique and we had to go to like film classes. There's I think every character is that. <laughs> that's and it makes sense because like podcasts and new media and Twitch and, and reaction video, all of these things exist and, and everyone has this literacy this now. Was in a film studies class, so that's why there's so many of them. But it does feel like oh nobody, there's nobody that's unique or the person we go to you kind of all know this it was a lot more fun when randall was like now guys remember the rules and people were like all right shut the fuck up like now now she's telling the rules and everybody's like oh yeah we know that yeah we know don't do this don't do this you could be the killer you could be the killer right uh but i did love did i miss the monologue again i can't believe i didn't call it i was like in scream seven she's got to call it now she Mm -hmm. has to be there Yeah. yeah So to that end, we did do a good mix, I think, of of keeping it fresh and doing some older stuff. Uh, even though maybe in that third act, every now and then I was like, just shoot them, guys. We're like, we're running at each other a lot. It's time to start mm-hmm. dropping TVs on people, which as soon as I saw that TV, I was like, give me that death I again. Do. But I also think it's cool because like I, I, there is a lot of dra- like there are dramatic beats, but mainly between the sisters. And they do a really good job of it. Like when they slow down and take the times with that and because you're dealing with trauma, uh, Jenny Ortega, she is just not willing to deal or talk about any of this type of trauma and she's but she's doing dangerous things with her life anyway like going upstairs with that boy when she knows that this probably isn't going to end well she's she's chasing the danger um but she's not willing to talk about it where samantha is just living in fear and and so them coming together and how they do this as as a sister pack also with their two their two the rest of their core four makes that scene the very the end so much stronger when she's like you gotta let me go but then it's badass when she does it, because you know where this is going. Well, this is going to be a good time. <laughs> that was another very like on the nose. You read Save the Cat. We're going to see it. Here's the theme of the movie. She has right. to learn to let go. Let her sister live her life. However, also, she'll stab someone. <laughs> it's like, see what we're doing here? Get it's it? literal and figurative. <laughs> Uh, I'm not making fun of it. It's the kind of bullshit I put in no, scripts that I write all the time. I love it. I love it, it. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm it so much. As soon as I was like, oh my God, he's going to be Ghostface. And we saw the mask grab he's talking. <laughs> this is what we're doing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm all in. I love it. Um, so I, yeah, you're right. We do a very good job of dealing with trauma in a way we haven't. And I think by having the sister dynamic, instead of it just being Dewey, Gail and Sydney, who mm-hmm. are close friends, but not by blood and, 
we and always they separate after all, every film. Every movie has had to think of some way to, to get, get them, them back. back right. Which might be the most tiring part of the franchise of like, well, you know, we gotta get Sydney back and mm-hmm. we have to get Dewey back. And then they all have to like resolve their differences. Whatever Gail had to had. write a book and they yeah. had to break up. And it's like, okay, let's you just spend 30 minutes of that. You're like, Jesus, this is a lot. Whereas in this this franchise, this part of it. They're always together. Like they're kids. They're bro- sister and sister, and then the brother and sister are the other part of the core, and they're going to school together. So they're all those core four have a reason ingrained in the script already. So we can just be off to the races. We don't have to spend time dealing with dealing with that. And it's fun that then you really get to dig into like scenes with the therapist and mm-hmm. arguments that they're having and moments at this college party and you know, for like some of the real stuff that's going on today, these rumors online and people pulling out their phones right away and it's interesting because in Scream and, 4, we did a lot of like live new media. Right. We have to now we have to film the kills, and now mm-hmm. there has to be a movie, and we have to do it like this so that I can be famous. And we're sort of now doing the like infamy spin. And I hate saying it, I guess fake news is the only word for it, but like these rumors that started, and it's all playing someone, into this plan that they have something, but they cut and edit it so that it makes you look bad where they didn't play the whole clip where you were defending yourself. So like that is all a part of sort of what this new world is. It's like this this franchise consistently has always added pieces of whatever the world is is in. Because I did watch Scream Four before going into this. Oh, they did a really good job of saying, "Hey, now I'm going to be that famous one, and I'm going to use this new media to sort of do so." This has always sort of stayed with the times, which is why I think in addition to it just upping the ante all the time, the reason why it has managed to always stick around and people enjoy it is because it's one of those ones that like each time you go back and you get a sort of a a reality check of what's actually happening in the world today, which is something pretty creative to do with a series this long in two. Yeah, it's pretty impressive that they can both figure out what to satirize in the horror French in the horror genre and also mix in these real world elements i think in a lot of ways scream 4 was like a hair ahead of its time that way because they're live streaming and doing all these things that were like just about to exist Mm -hmm. in 2011 uh and it's the rules are changing and we're getting all these other things in there uh and i really i did really appreciate seeing that especially kind of using it to twist someone else's narrative they have it wasn't so much of just like defaming her it really became like you killed our son a brother which had family member right and we're going to now spread a rumor because we know you're a bad person Mm -hmm. and now we're going to show everyone that you're a bad person whether or not it's real and i was like that is the like this is a this is the biggest scheme a Ghostface right. has had so far to really come in and be like, oh, it's not enough to kill you and your friends. Right. We have to ruin your legacy right. now. Like it in all, because like even on, when they when he first picks up the when Samantha first picks up the phone on the street and calls him, he's like, yeah, it's not your time yet. Like I'm not, <laughs> I got some shit to do to you first before we get to you die. Which is interesting because it it almost then changes what I liked so much about the intro, where I was like, oh, we have a Ghostface who's like on some jigsaw, this isn't what we're doing, you're doing it wrong. And then he's just like, nah, we had to kill him because they wanted to kill you. Because they wanted to kill you. And I and I, did, I wanted to beat them to the punch and I got some work to do. I want to mess up your legacy before that happens. And yeah. I'm going to be the one to do it. So I was like, oh, that is why that happened. And it, it it's a cool little, tw- a slight twist on a little bit because yeah, otherwise, especially in New York where they, ha- she has, they have her dead to rights a lot of times. It's like, nope, I want to put things in place first. 
And I want to let you know that we're doing this. That's the other part of this. Like I'm bringing down your legacy and I want you to know that it was me. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I liked that. Although, you know, a part of me was like, they need something where detective spoilers where detective Bailey at the end is like, we know we're not getting out of this alive. Cause after then I was like, so what are we going to do? Reveal that the daughter is alive or is she going to go live a fake life? Also like you're a cop. No one's going to put, you don't think anyone's going to put together that That your son died in Woodsboro and all this evidence you have. And a part of me was waiting for him to be like, and look, we know it never ends well for the ghost faces. So we're going to kill you, destroy your legacy. And then all of it goes up. And fl- I was waiting for right. him to be like, we have like the museum. Set to go it ends tonight. Place. Like right. the whole thing ends. Yeah. But I think that's seven. I think seven has to be a like, how like for lack of a better movie example, a Halloween kill situation. It's going to have to be a like Sydney comes back. The last ghost face is going to be like either Stu or Richie's mom, mom or yeah. some other combination. And now we have a little, we have a little team now. So I was like, okay, now it really is going to be like, we have a connection to the FBI. We have the core four. I think Gail's alive. Yeah. Like they, they, they kind do of, a, they do a tagline that says she's, she's still. Oh, we have to go to the hospital and make sure she's all right. It's like, yeah. okay. <laughs> Plus, I don't know. I love that line. Tell Sydney he didn't get me. And I was like, yeah. that's going to be. <laughs> I thought the post credit was going to be them calling Sydney and being like, Gail wanted you to know that Ghostface never got her. And Sydney was going to be like, I know what that means. And would like go find Gail somewhere. Like that was going to be their plan. Like, no, no, you tell like, her I'm fine. Yeah. And they'd be like, well, now we got to go get whoever this is. I was like, that's <laughs> got to be seven. Seven's going to be the like evil comes home. They're going to be ready for him. We're going to talk about the finales. We're going to talk about horror endings. And then we're going to burn the whole thing down. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple, like, it could be, it could be uh, the their mother or it could be Tara's mother because they, they keep dropping the note of her, like, uh, my mom's not around. Where's Tara's mom? Yeah. They, we keep playing with that fan theory of Stu Mocker being alive. Mm-hmm. Even when she's like, well, I dropped that TV and hated it. It's here. It's like, yeah, if you believe it, I was like, whoa, hold on now. <laughs> Wait. So, I mean, you could go full, whichever saw movie it is, where it's like the detective's alive and he has his yeah. little cult. You could now just go full crazy. Yeah, Stu's been finding nuts. people and has a plan and has lost his mind. Arizona, yeah. there's still a lot of because if you go back to three it has to be the something from the past that you don't know about is bad. correct something that's not oh yeah exactly that was the trilogy rule was we have to go all the way back to the beginning something you don't know is revealed blah 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 so it's like okay and respect we would go- to roman for being the only one that did it by himself <laughs> oh what a what a great moment right even i was like oh i never really put that together he is the only solo one yeah Ooh. <laughs> which then you're also like who is his second ghost face right it, was there somebody else that what that we just never got a hold of because i guess there was uh my roommate zane was saying that the writer i think recently was like oh we originally in scream three were gonna have Stu being alive and like counseling people of trauma and he was going to be part of all of it and then we cut it i was like oh well that's seven and you just go back to three and say he was doing it then right and he was helping wrote like where did you think roman got all the ideas sydney where do you who do you there's always two killers that would have been (laughs) i would love a seven where it's like 
Oh, there's always two. What did you think? <laughs> Roman did all this by himself. Right. But I I have to assume that we're gonna we're gonna sign that check for Sydney now. I mean, this had I the biggest I, I, box I mean, office opening. Yeah, as like you this scream has the biggest box office opening. You're gonna pay her, get her get her back in the fold. Uh two weeks in a row. Creed highest in Rocky, Scream Six, highest in Scream. It's, I mean, it's interesting because I don't think this will be the case for Shazam. Dungeons and Dragons might make more than the first one. Who knows? (laughs) I don't think Shazam is going to keep that train going, but it is interesting. They're like, oh yeah, people are starting to get back, get back out there for stuff that they want to see. They are starting to. Well, yeah, these are also sequels to really strong movies and strong, Uh, whatever you want to call them, requels, reboots. I also think this, this movie has a, a sort of a, one, it's a legacy, but two, you're bringing Kirby back. That's a huge thing. And then the Jenny Ortega effect right now. There's a lot of different pieces to this, as well as being screened. That kind of just like, yep, this is a a massive tipple that Paramount's probably calling them up up these this duo now. Like, hey, uh, so seven, y'all can, can y'all start shooting in October? We, we want to crack this out again. <laughs> I saw that they said once they're done with Scream, they want to do an Escape from New York remake, which great. Oh yeah, great. Yeah, <laughs> It's interesting because, you know, like they were <clears throat> trying to dust off the property of I know what you did last summer. I was like, guys, those aren't that's not that's not the same. It's not the same. I would. I mean, we just did the show, which which it was very left of what. the Yeah. So, I mean, if it's, you know, I'll take it if it's good. If it's good. It's kind of another one where I'm like, we got to get a little wacky. Yeah, I think, but that seems to be coming back. I think the trend of, of camp is or, or at least fun. Yeah, I think we had a lot of serious movies. I think we've all put on our Randy film critic hats for a while, and now we've got <laughs> Megan and Cocaine Bear and Scream Six. I'm like, I think think we're just gonna have a good time for a while. There's yeah, just gonna be I a lot the, of fun, campy, weird movies. The think horror, like the Midsummers and all of those, and Hereditary and all those, while still great, have there's an audience for that. Where there's a lot of audience who just like horror, and like let's just have fun. Let's just do some wacky, crazy crap and just have a ball with it. Um, and I think that creates a larger, there's a larger audience that can accept that than versus the super art house. Yeah. And I want both. I want, you know, I want for every get out, I want to scream six. And for Mm -hmm. every both of those, I want something from a 24 and for every one of those, I want a Megan. I just want all of my things except the yellow starburst, which I guess in this case would be like some B-list, cheap, bad horror movie. The bad horror movies that's on Shutter that you're kind of just like, unless you're a diehard horror fan, I, I don't need to see But I those. mean, we're getting Evil Dead's coming soon. Oh, I was yes. like, I think and we're... Man, that trailer, every time I see that trailer in the theater, somebody around me is like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, remember... Nuts. Remember <laughs> when this was a campy, weird B-movie? <laughs> My wife's just like, I'm not, because we have seen that trailer before. She's like, I'm just looking directly at my popcorn the entire time. I was like, nope, don't want to see this trailer at all. <laughs> like, holy shit. Yeah, that looks insane. I'm all in, man. I'm yeah. all in. Yeah, so I don't know. That, I think that's everything for Scream. I had a great time. I, I think we're really doing a lot time. of new stuff. We're, we're repeating some of it, but I'm not mad at what we're repeating because we're doing Same. it with finesse. Yeah. The characters are strong. They're doing a good job of connecting it to the world and to horror. We're doing all the things that Scream does. It seems that this is really the franchise that people can stay the most true to when they pick it up. Yeah. As opposed to some of your other ones. 
I, I agree. I agree. And I and I still stand by, and we've said this at the very top, this is still the one franchise that I don't think has a bad film in it. You no. may have some that are your favorite, um, but I think this has been the most consistent series that we've had. And it doesn't matter whose kind of hands it ends, they all seem to care and, and, and hold on true to what sort of Wes Craven's original concept and idea was. And Kevin Williamson as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm <laughs> so excited for whatever Robert Rodriguez can make for his new stab section. <laughs> yes. yes. That needs to keep happening. Yeah, I would uh, like to bring that back in. Uh, you know, apparently we're going to be here this time next year for it. So I'm in. <laughs> like, yeah. let's let's go <laughs> and then give it a break. Then we have three back to back to back. Then it's time then to take a, take a pause. Yeah, then then we can pause for a minute. Yeah. Uh, this has been Hollywood Already Did It. You can follow the show at Hollywood ADI on Twitter and TikTok and YouTube, where Terrence has all of our reaction videos, show reviews, reviews for other movies that might not fit the podcast. And I'm at As Always Blake, and he is at Terrence Tatum. And we will see you next week for Shazam. That's the that's the move. Shazam, yeah, and then Dungeons, and then John Wick. That's mm-hmm. the that's how we're gonna wrap out March. Great, yeah. <laughs> uh, great. All right. Well, we will see you guys next week. Later.